All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, August 2nd. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Pat, we are packed tight. This show is so packed. We need to just get rolling. We have to get started right away. We can't waste any time. The show is tight and right, and uh, we should plow. We should plow. We are going to just go ahead and plow. Here we go. Number one film in America, domestic box office, Jungle Cruise, $35 million in its first weekend. Number two, holding on. It was number one last weekend, but this was maybe going to fall down a little bit uh, lower than, than it, it didn't fall as low as we thought it was going to. Old oh, number two, $6.8 million, down 59%, actually added 24 theaters. It is now at $30 million in its second frame. Mm-hmm. Number three, A24's The Green Knight, David Lowry with a, a number three at the box office, $6.7 million, so it was a squeaker with old... It was only in 2,790 theaters, though. So it's really that's a really good uh, per-screen average. And it is in its first weekend. Number four, Black Widow, 6.4... Oh, so, sorry, 6.4 million, down 44%. Lost 890 theaters. It is now standing at $167.1 million in its fourth weekend. Number five, Matt Damon doing it getting to number five with 5.1 million dollars and that is the first weekend so we had three new movies in the top five yeah i think this weekend is actually a pretty good sign for a healthy box office yes and there's several reasons to point to and like movies to point to because of that but real quick as outside of the top five we do have to mention i think Two movies, uh, Space Jam fell out of the top five, lost fifty six percent, so it's at uh, four point two for the weekend. It is now at sixty point eight, and then Snake Eyes, which was the number two film, Snake Eyes, GI Joe Origins, was number two behind Old, which was already a surprise. It is already out of the top five. It is number seven. It dropped seventy percent. Wow. $4 million it made, and it is standing at $22.3 million. That is a bomb. Is is that the biggest first weekend to second weekend drop that we have had this summer? The 70% that Snake Eyes uh, went down? I don't. Oh, I don't. That's a great question. I mean, uh, I know lo- uh, Black Widow got close. Some, yeah, I'm looking at some previous weeks now black widow from its first to its second weekend dropped 68 percent. so snake eyes was bigger than that um and i think f9 was 69 or something right or 68 f9 was 67 percent in its second weekend so the yeah snake eyes is the biggest and i remember last week i was predicting a 70% or more drop, and you thought it wouldn't because it started from such a low place already. Well, at first I did say I think it's going to drop 70, and then I did that math, and I thought, oh, wow, 70 from 12 million or 13 million, that is a huge drop. Well, you were right. You were definitely right. And it even added theaters. It added 19 theaters, and it still dropped 70%. So um, that is definitely a done IP. 
that is a dead, dead IP. You can't bring it back after that kind of drop. It's It's got the same kind of stain that, I mean, the most infamous example Charlie's Angels has in terms of it's such a stinker that I don't think anyone would theatrically want to be associated with seeing a G.I. Joe movie any time in the next 10 to 20 years. But didn't Charlie's Angels make $7 million or something? Charlie's in its Angels, opening? yeah, in its pre-pandemic time, you know, I mean, now I got to look this up. What year would that have been? Was that 2019? I think it was 2019, yeah. It would have to, it had to be. So Charlie's Angels, 2019, box office, uh, looking this up, it ended up making $70 million. That's got to be worldwide. Let's hold on. I'm almost there. I mean, this is one of the most famous opening weekend bombs of, of recent memory. God, and the numbers. Let's see. Oh, my God. Box office mojo is just so impossible to look. You're Look using Mojo? The, I, it was the first one I clicked. What do you got in front of you? Do you have some? Do you have the numbers in front of you? Well, I thought you were gonna do it. I can do it. I can do it on the numbers. I mean, the numbers ain't great shakes, but it's better than than Mojo. Um. Okay. I think I have it. I think I have it here on the numbers. Going. It's God. They don't. They do not make this easy. On these, on these, it opened to eight point three million dollars. So okay. not seven, but it opened to eight. Domestic box office seventeen. Yeah. So that that is where the GI Joe franchise at. Sorry for that uh, little excursion there, but the listeners know we had to go there because GI Joe is at this point as much of a dud franchise as Charlie's Angels. It's just a disaster. I, I don't think you could. I don't think you could put this out in theaters in our maybe in our lifetime or at least in our adulthood. You know, we should make we should make I should make a file that is famous box office triumphs and famous box office flops so that we can go to them because we're always going to mention Charlie's Angels. We're always going to mention things like Titanic. We're always going to mention so we should have these opening weekends. We should have these cumes. We should have these. uh, He's got to be at our domestic. Yeah, they got to be at the fingertips. So we'll do so that. So this that that percentage drop. I know we're going to get into the number one movie in America, Jungle Cruise, soon. That percentage drop for Snake Eyes is abysmal. But something that I think we need to point out is the really strong hold that Old had this weekend because as a movie that went that was previously number one at the box office. And in its second weekend, it only dropped 59%, which for this summer is a very strong hold at the top. Because as we saw, these number one openers have had 60, high 60% drops from weekend one to two. And old only dropped 59%. So, I mean, this movie to me is a big win for M. Night Shyamalan. What's well, already at thirty million dollars? It had yep. a budget of eighteen, and it's it's in the zeitgeist. I'm hearing people talking about this film. Even people who dislike this film are talking about this film. Mm-hmm. It, I think it. I, I expected it to drop a lot more than it did, and yep. it's it's staying. It's 
it's a, in a movie that adults are going to see, but also it is a movie that that younger people are going to see because they like thrillers, they like horror movies, and this is in that milieu. Yeah, I mean, if you look at this movie's made thirty point seven million dollars in two weeks, I think hitting forty is a is a slam doink. Old is mm-hmm. going to get over forty million, and it probably has a shot of making fifty million domestic. You know, another twenty million in the next five six weeks i think old will get there and a movie like old kraken 50 million is is it especially on that 18 million dollar budget with no no movie stars at all like barely any recognizable actors to be honest uh i i think that this is this is a big win 50 uh, see i'm gonna have to say 19.3 to go it's at 30.7 Say you know, it drops you, another 50. I mean, how long you're thinking this is going to stay in theaters until fall? I mean, probably. I mean, when we look at some of the stuff that's still in the, you know, uh, looking through this top 15 here, Cruella is at number 14, and Cruella opened on Memorial Day weekend. You know, Quiet True, I guess Place 2 is still at number 12. Forever Purge opened on 4th of July, so that's in its fifth week, and that's number 11. Yeah, I guess I guess no theater is going to be in a rush to push this out unless there's demand for other things, which it doesn't feel like there is. Right. So I, I think that old could get another twenty million dollars in the next five weeks, hit fifty, and you know what? M Night Shyamalan is a movie star. And and then briefly before we go to Jungle Cruise, because since we're talking about these 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 other movies that are underneath it, The Green Knight. Mm-hmm. was for a while there the number two movie in, in, in America over the weekend. People were calling it. It just was so close between the two, three, and four films. Mm-hmm. And the the fact that this film did well, it over-indexed in your big cities. And this is... A lot of people are saying the the... Art house film hasn't come back yet. The the oldsters aren't coming out, and by oldsters I mean our age. Mm-hmm. They're not coming out to see these films. And the fact that the Green Knight could have been the number two movie is the number three movie, which is still good. In only two thousand and seven hundred ninety locations, this bodes well for older people coming back to the theater. This is a film that had a trailer people were really gaga about. Mm-hmm. Now, I've heard that the film doesn't necessarily follow the template of the trailer. I think there's maybe some, uh, you know, listen, miss, miss, what would you say? Misrepresentation? Misre- misrepresentation. I mean, representation, very important in trailers. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, though, so this Green Knight is an A24 release. And with these A24 movies, I think... Their trailers have a very specific template. You know, there's a there's a noise that constantly repeats throughout. A lot of spooky imagery. There always is the promise of more action than these movies usually have. So it's it's one of those things where you know what you're going to get in an A24 movie. You're going to get a movie that's not as exciting as the trailer. Mm-hmm. And so, in a way, I don't think the Green Knight is really misrepresent misrepresented because it's a it's it's an A twenty four movie. I mean, this is, I think, a win 
very much for A24, more than it is, I would say, for any of the stars or even the director. Oh, Dev, I think it's pretty big for Dev. Yeah, it's big, and it's big for David Lowry. Um, but but it is it is another. It's a sign that like the A twenty four symbol is definitely means something at the box office because they're able to open up these niche artsy horror movies, like they did with Midsummer, to six million plus over the you know in the middle of the summer. You know, like they've established that sort of baseline for their big July art horror. And I think mentioning Midsommar, this opened higher. Mm-hmm. I believe. Let's double check with that number because it has changed. But yeah, I think yes, Midsommar it, it, opened like 6.5. It did. So it opened 6. 6. 6.5. Mm-hmm. This opened at 6. A, no, 7. So it did beat Midsummer, which was what we were talking about in the last episode. You thought it would. I thought it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. We didn't know the theater counts for this, but you were higher on Green Knight than I was. And it did. This is a success. Absolutely, this is a success. It has a. It only has a 20-day theatrical window, which is interesting, though. But okay. that's the kind of thing that you've always been beating the drum for is, yeah, put it in, see what it's going to get, and then... Yeah, make it available somewhere else. Yeah, because I what's I what's think, the harm there? And it'll be a bigger draw on. I'm I'm assuming this is going to Hulu because I think A24 has like a deal with Hulu. Well, and, it's 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 gonna go. I I believe it's gonna go PVOD first. I would assume. Okay. But then it'll probably be, Hulu. It'll be a bigger draw on PVOD and streaming because it opened up so high in the theatrical box office like yes if this movie went straight to pvod it would not be nearly as buzzy as it is because of the fact people saw it in a movie theater Mm -hmm. which legitimizes this movie yeah and it's nice to see the the people in the big cities coming out to see an artsy film that makes me feel like theatrical is back Mm -hmm. yeah this was a weekend where Three, like you said, three out of the top five movies are new releases. There wasn't anything that made Black Widow money. There wasn't a $80 million opener for the weekend. But we did have three movies that did pretty well. Stillwater made mm-hmm. $5 million. Shows that Damon is a solid guy. He gets on base. Yes. The guy gets on base because I didn't think that this movie was going to be in the top five, and it did. It made it to the top five. Well, Damon's good at keeping himself in the public eye, keeping himself buzzy, gets people talking about him. And so that probably helps. Um, And this is, you know, this is a, a real solid opening for him because it's not an action movie. It's not... You know, it's based off of, like, we talked about so loosely based off of IP, but it's not, you know, based off of a hit book or, like, The Martian or anything like that. This is pretty much just come see an adult drama. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a tough sell in general the last few years, but definitely right now. So it does show he has 
pull at the box office. To open an adult drama at $5 million is pretty good. So we talked about the Pretenders. Now let's talk about the yes. Throne, the holder of the crown. Jungle Cruise, $35 million, kept going up over the weekend. People were saying 25 Then they were saying 30 Now it ended at 35 So this thing moved up. A lot of people were saying... The trajectory has been for films to have a big Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday go down in the tanker, and that was not the case with Jungle Cruise. Mm-hmm. This movie opened in four hundred and I mean, sorry, four thousand three hundred and ten theaters, so a big theater count, and it it did well. It didn't do great. I mean, it that's the interesting thing about this film was like you look at. You see The Rock, you see Disney, you see Emily Blunt. You think this movie's got to make way, way more than Space Jam. It made mm-hmm. more than Space Jam, but not way, way more. So you're thinking, what? why did this movie not make in the 40s or the 50s? And I guess it's just because Jungle Cruise is not a popular attraction at Disney World. Right. And it's, and it's, it's not a well-known IP. It's just, it's not. Uh, you know, Jumanji didn't, the first Jumanji opened well, but it didn't open insanely well compared well, to other films. It, but it just got more people every weekend to watch it. And I think Jungle Cruise is getting pretty good reviews from theatergoers. So this could be something that builds. I mean, Jungle Cruise opened up at about the same number that the first Jumanji did in its opening weekend. Uh, You know, like you said, Jungle uh, Jumanji was one of the leggiest movies of our time. Kept building and building and building. Came out over the holiday break, which is a a huge time for for movies building and building and building. So I don't think Jungle Cruise is going to come anywhere close to that. But in terms of opening... It's another, pun intended, rock solid opening weekend. Jumanji, you're right, opened at 36. It opened at 36. So Jungle Cruise opened on par with Jumanji. It's not going to be as leggy. But I think this movie could actually be pretty leggy because the stars are big. Emily Blunt and The Rock are big stars. And they're really beloved. Emily Blunt in particular is like really in a hot streak of how beloved she is right now. So I don't think, you know, this movie's going to have a giant drop like every big movie has a summer, but I think this is going to play pretty well. It had a big per screen average. $8,000 per theater is the biggest per screen weekend we've had other than F9 Black Widow and the first weekend of Quiet Place 2. You know, that's, it blows away. It's much bigger of a of a per screen than Space Jam was, or a lot of the other number ones. Um, I yeah, thirty five million. It's so much higher than what a lot of the predictions were. You know, I predicted this exactly. I I predicted thirty five million last weekend, or maybe yeah, I did say forty. Yeah, uh, we we kind of talked ourselves into forty. Yeah. But you were, we were pretty much where, because we thought this would do Rampage money. Yes. And it just beat Rampage. Yeah. It's, it, it really does show The Rock is going to open 
all of his movies. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. It did not beat Rampage. Rampage beat it by 0.7. Okay. But it's in In Rampage territory. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because, like, for the, The Rock, if you look at his big movies, like, the low end is stuff like Hercules or Skyscraper, which I think opened up at, like, 25 or 30. And those are considered his, like, disastrous openings. Yeah, yeah, Hercules especially. But everything else is opening, you know, even on the low end in the 30s. Yeah, Um, I mean, he's, listen, he's a star. So, yeah, the I mean, the, the buzz on this is pretty good. You know, this is the type of movie that I would say a month ago, there were a lot of naysayers who were expecting that this could be an outright disaster. There was there is a, a scenario in which Jungle Cruise gets ripped to shreds by the critics and people are making fun of it. And that is not what happened. I think I think this is a movie that, in general, people either shrugged or they liked it. Yeah, and it's a family film. There, there, you know, it's being th- put in the family film bucket, mm-hmm. and it's the biggest family opening of this post-COVID-ish time. Mm-hmm. So, beat Space Jam: A New Legacy, which opened at thirty-one. And Cruella, which opened about 21. And then even Godzilla versus Kong, uh, it opened bigger than that. Bigger than Boss Baby. Bigger than Boss Baby, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. So I guess it is. It's true. It's in that tier of what he always does, which is impressive seeing as how, yes, there's still probably people who are not going to the theater or the casuals have not come back. They may never come back. That's mm-hmm. an issue that we're all going to have to deal with. And it also being available for premiere access. Well, let's talk about that. You know, we have some numbers. So so we've been talking the last few weeks about how if Disney didn't report Disney Plus premiere box off, uh, uh, premiere access, PBOD numbers for Jungle Cruise, that we shouldn't cover the opening weekend of this movie at all. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we, we put the word out through this podcast to other big wigs in the box office analysis field that they should also join us in a boycott if Disney didn't report numbers. Brandon Gray, the creator of Box Office Mojo, he was the one brave enough to step up and join us and say that he would join in a boycott if Disney didn't report Disney Plus numbers for this movie. Mm-hmm. We don't have to do that because they did report numbers, not all the numbers, but they gave us some numbers. Do you have those numbers in front of you, Clayton? Well, they they what Disney reported was a 30 million plus spend on Disney Premier Access. Now, it was that was global. Okay. So, but you've got some Samba.tv numbers. Yeah, Samba.tv, which is a service that tries to measure sort of like Nielsen's did for TV ratings, measure what people are watching on streaming. They're reporting that in the three-day opening weekend of Jungle Cruise, it was watched, which means it was purchased, by 777,000 homes. Which comes in the United States, in the domestically. 
that that that's the domestic number, which translates to around twenty-three million dollars in domestic earnings on Disney Plus Premier Access Premium PBOD. Mm-hmm. So that's, I guess, a number we could go with. That this movie made an additional twenty-three million dollars domestic on Disney Plus. So you you throw that in there, and I know we don't want to do that. It's like but fifty-seven. It's like fifty-seven million dollars opening weekend, which that's a big number. Fifty-eight, fifty, yeah, fifty-seven, fifty-eight, yeah. You know that that if this movie in normal times and it was only in theaters and it opened up to fifty-eight million dollars, I think people would say that's a big win. Oh, absolutely, and I, and I, but again, it's one of those you things can't. where you think. How many of those people who stayed home would actually go to the theater? That's a right. question. I, again, believe that those are sef- separate classes of people. There may yeah. be some overlap. but And there is the kids. The, the, the kids, the rats, mm-hmm. uh, are throwing a wrench into the situation because of this COVID variant that everybody is, is pronouncing as the end of all time. And, again, to the point where... Clifford, a film that was supposed to come out in September, got taken off the schedule. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A movie that was tracking very high, at least it was getting very high ratings by groups screening it, and it's okay. getting pushed because they're afraid that kids' families are not going to be going to the theaters. I, I feel like Jungle Cruise is proving them wrong. I think there's a lot of people who came out to see this film. Yeah, I mean, Jungle Cruise opened at, you know, what is sort of becoming, I mean, not the height, but this past week, there was a lot of talk about, you know, the the COVID variant. Everyone was, you know, by, by like Thursday, Friday of this week, you could feel in the air. That was the big news story. Everyone being scared again uh, about COVID in a way, which, you know, we haven't been maybe in the last few months. And so there was a little bit of feeling in me that thought, is this going to really hurt Jungle Cruise? You know, mm-hmm. the fact that that was such a dominant news story going into the weekend in a way that, I, I, you know, again, COVID fear has not been as dominant of a news story the last few months. But it's still a strong IP we're finding out. It's still a strong IP. And I it shows that parents are willing to take the risk to get the kids out of the house. You know, that is you're measuring fear versus need to kill time. And I think, you know, the scientists out there right now, they got a lot to measure. They got a lot of data to study. But that is something that is probably worth studying too, is how parents weigh fear versus needing to just kill time with their kids. Absolutely. And yeah. yeah, Jungle Cruise opening to 35 at the, you know, the new recent height of COVID fear shows that, yeah, that that whatever that number is for 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 parents needing to get their kids out of the house, it's very high, higher maybe even than fear is. Yeah. And it's we're just looking at the day to day here because they I'm showing this on the numbers here is that it made on Friday, which they count the previews on Thursday with mm-hmm. that. So it made 13.4 mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. on Friday, and then Saturday it made twelve point three, so it only dropped eight percent, and then it, and then it made nine on Sunday, which there's usually always a drop on Sunday. Right, right. It, it only dropped twenty five, so this isn't a film that was heavily front loaded in those in in on your Friday previews like some of the other films. No, no, because you're basically the Thursday plus Friday was just a smidge higher than the Saturday. Yeah, which is that's that's really great and shows that this was a movie that people wanted to see. They took time to see, and word of mouth played a part. Right, right. Because yeah, so, some movies by by Saturday, the people who saw it on Thursday and Friday are already saying, "Don't, don't do don't. it." Yeah, just don't. But no, they didn't say that about Jungle Cruise. I mean, I think for The Rock, it's just another feather in his cap. This isn't going to be, you know, probably not one of his defining movies, but it's just another win. I mean, for Emily Blunt. This, to me, this is pretty big because people love these narratives of when stars have multiple hits in the same year. Yeah. You know, of course, the most famous is the 1994 Jim Carrey year with Ace Ventura, The Mass, Dumb and Dumber. It's a historic box office year. It's never going to be matched. Nope. And, you know, you've got those other... You know, years where Julia Roberts had what? The Blind Side and uh, uh, The Proposal within like. You're, you're talking about Sandy Bullock. Sandy Bullock. Who did I say? Julia you Roberts. Said Julie I said Julia Roberts. I, I meant Sandy Bullock. Sandra Bullock had that famous year with Proposal and The Blind Side. Um, you know, I think Julia Roberts had a summer of uh, Notting Hill and um, Runaway Bride. Same summer. So when you get those back-to-backs in the same year or the same summer, they become part of history. And Emily Blunt is having one of those summers. You know, she's going to have A Quiet Place Part Two, which is probably the most beloved and leggy blockbuster of this summer. It's going to end up being the most well-liked movie along with being a huge hit. Mm-hmm. And now you got Jungle Cruise open into 35. We'll see what this does. Because if this gets itself to 100, which is going to be a little tough because it's got the PVOD uh, uh, option. But if Jungle Cruise gets itself to 100, even in the 90s, I think this goes down as a pretty huge back-to-back for Emily Blunt. Well, because right now, for these post-COVID films, Quiet Place 2 is the third highest grossing. Because mm-hmm. uh, Fast F9 is at 168. Mm-hmm. Black Widow's at 167. Mm-hmm. And Quiet Place Part 2 is 158. So th- those other two films are... You know, one's an MCU film. The other is an F9. It's a, it's a Fast and Furious film. Those are huge franchises. And yes, The Quiet Place is a franchise at this point, but this movie is the one that cemented that this is a franchise. Right. Yeah, I mean, Quiet Place is a star vehicle for Emily Blunt. 
You know, it's the most old-fashioned star hit of those movies we've discussed. Uh-huh. You know, that that is the she is uh, the the big movie. Obviously the the premise is huge on that, but it's not IP. It is Emily Blunt in a quiet place. And Jungle Cruise is IP, but it's kind of IP that really no one cares about. You know, to me, Jungle Cruise is still mainly a star vehicle. You know, I I credit, yeah, I credit Jungle Cruise being a hit to the stars more so than anyone giving a shit about the ride. Yeah, you, if, if that movie does not have stars in it, then you don't have a movie. Right, 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 right. People are paying to see The Rock and Emily Blunt hang out in the jungle. So, yeah, I think to me the story of this movie is less about The Rock because for him it's just another hit, uh, uh, you know, along with all the hits that he's going to be having the next few years, all the franchises he's in and everything. But to me, it's more of a we may be witnessing one of those magical multiple hit star years for Emily Blunt. But is she getting a cut? Is Disney giving her a cut? Is Disney giving The Rock a cut? Mm-hmm. I don't think which, they are. Which leads us to a Absolutely. big story. So th- this big story. Scarlett Johansson has filed suit against Disney. For breach of contract over the release of Black Widow. Wow. This was a bombshell. This is crazy because you don't sue Hollywood. Mm -hmm. You don't sue a company like this, usually, unless your career is over and you have nothing to lose and you want a big payout. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is really Mm -hmm. the only time that anybody sues is because they know I, I'm i never going to work again. I need a big payout, and that'll be it for me. Yeah. ScarJo I mean, Scar mm-hmm. is at the peak of her powers, yes. I would say. Yes. Right I mean, now. she's in her prime. And this is such a bold move. Mm-hmm. But I, there's, a, there's been a lot of talk online about this. And I'd like to, just before we talk about the getting down to brass tacks and, and what this is actually about and how important this actually is, the argument here is not whether Scarlett Johansson morally deserves the amount of money she receives. That is not the argument, and any article that starts with that or gives any kind of credence to that is not an article that should be read. Because right. this is not I- a moral this is not a moral argument. This is a contractual argument. Mm-hmm. And this is, an arg- and this is a, a lawsuit that will affect not only Scarlett Johansson, but writers, producers, other people working on these films that don't mm-hmm. have the face and the power she has. So if you don't like her and you think, she said she could play a tree and you don't like that. That does not matter when it comes to contracts and what people should be getting when a company fucks them over. And it doesn't matter how rich she personally already is no. or how many pools she has at her mansion. You know, if, if, if she were to say, 
you know, we find out her mansion has three pools. You know, one of them's for swimming, and one of them's for for floating, and one of them's or for like I want to pee in a play. pool. It, it I doesn't like to matter. pee when I swim, and so this is the pool me and Colin Jost pee in right. when we want to pee while we're swimming. Right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't she matter has a that pool. she has a pee pool. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. And the fact that you're letting Disney create this moral this this moral argument and 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 put fire underneath this moral argument makes you so dumb because all Disney cares about is money and they're trying to twist what this is about okay well, let's, let's say let's say state exactly what it's about because you said that she's suing them for breach of contract on Black Widow and specifically she's suing because of the fact that they released it day and date on Disney Plus. Right. And she did not sign off on this. This was right. not a HBO Max situation where HBO Max lost billions of dollars because it paid out its talent. Yes. Denzel yes. Washington made $20 million because Little Things was put on HBO Max. Yes. A movie that in the end grossed what? Like $20 million possibly at the box office. So they lost a ton. And I'm not saying that's smart. I'm not saying it's smart business. But I'm saying that you have to have your talent happy. And the fact that Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney means that they did not make her happy. And I'm sure her people went to them and said, hey, you should do something about this. And they said, fuck you. Yes. Yes. They said, fuck you. And here's the thing. Figuratively. Yes. This is not about the $20 million that she made already on Black Widow mm-hmm. that Disney said blew up her spot and said how much she got paid, which is insane for them to do that. Number two, she is getting a cut of the premier access money. Mm-hmm. That's not what this is about either, really. It's about streaming in general, it's about using this film mm-hmm. and the popularity of the Avengers and the MCU to get subscribers. What Scarlett Johansson wants a cut of is subscriber money. Yes. Because that is, if Black Widow is a reason people subscribed, if it's a reason people stayed subscribed, she should be making money from that. Yes. She wants that monthly money. Not just the one time they bought it on on Premier Access, rented it. She wants, all right, that person signed up because of Black Widow, and now they're paying ten bucks a month. I want a cut of that every month. Now, so first of the month, if yeah, if this lawsuit, if she wins this lawsuit, that really does mean Disney is over barrel, and streaming services are going to have a hard time making stuff because they are going to have to pay out everybody for this subscription money. Yeah. And and she also is showing that theatrical money is still, A, the big money. Mm-hmm. Because the fact, she's saying the fact that they sacrifice theatrical money, that's more money than I'm getting back on this cut of PBOD sales. Yes. And 
she's also showing I'm a movie star. Movie stars are in movie theaters and movie stars get money from movie theaters. So when you take away my movie theater exclusivity, you are fucking with my movie stardom. That and that's a big thing too is that she understands that and she knows that if if Black Widow would have opened to 100 plus, yep. That means more for her stardom than if it opens to 90. And yes. it's being looked at as the biggest failure yes. in, in the MCU. And she knows that that's hanging on her name. Yes. And that it's affects not her be- future money. That that's affects her, her ability money. to be the star of whatever her next action movie is, where she plays a tree or she plays a rabbit or she plays, you know, whatever, twins or something like that. Whatever she thinks she could play as her next big, you know, sci-fi karate action movie. The fact that Black Widow didn't get a full theatrical or or, or, or they hampered its theatrical money means that there's a chance she gets offered less on her next movie star part. And Absolutely. I think part of this lawsuit is the fact that now Black Widow gets placed on Disney Plus, and again, it's on PVOD, so it's not quite sunk to this level, but it still goes right to Disney Plus next to stuff like, uh, uh, um, what are some of those other, WandaVision, right? It's next to WandaVision, and it's next to uh, uh, Falcon and, and Winter Soldier, and it's next to all of those Marvel streaming shows. It's bringing her a movie star, down to the level of Elizabeth Olsen. And, uh, you know, I can't even think of who's in these Disney Plus shows that are on. Which shows she doesn't want to be at the level of those quote-unquote stars. But that's where they put her, and that, again, fucks with her future money. And that's why you're seeing somebody like Emma Stone. There There was a rumor, there was an article. I don't know if there's any real realness behind this that Emma Stone was thinking of doing a similar lawsuit because of Cruella. And I would say she would have every right to because Cruella right now in its 10th weekend is at $85 million total gross, which isn't bad. No. I mean, that's all on on the back of what a big movie star Emma Stone is. But the opening of that film and that number would be so much higher if it hadn't come out in premiere access, if it didn't, if 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 that was a purely theatrical play, it, you would be seeing probably 120, 130, even maybe 150 for that film. Maybe. And that means something for her. That means something for her future. Right. And they it, took that from her to build up their streamer, to build up something that they only make money on. Right. They, it, Cruella is going to sit on that service and draw people in. And right. she is not going to get any of that money. And that is bullshit. Right. And again, it doesn't matter if Emma Stone has more pools in her mansion than ScarJo has. Which I don't think Emma Stone would have, and I feel like she may just have like a New York City apartment. I don't know. But but if she did, if she had a, a Beverly Hills mansion, five pools, 
One of them's general play. One of them's a pee pool. One of them is is, is for visiting pets. Stuff. Who yes. knows? She may be a in pool. a pool building battle with ScarJo and yep. Colin Jost. Yep. Yep. This could it be doesn't. something that they're they're spending so much money on as yes. a goof. And yes. that's it doesn't matter because it's not our right to to tell them how much money they should have. Yes. Okay? Yes. That's not what this is about. It, and it's, then, it's 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 not it it doesn't mean that they should be getting underpaid by Disney just because they are in this vicious pool building battle where, exactly. where now they're just converting indoor rooms that they kind of need into pools you know like they're they're down several bathrooms or they have no mm-hmm. more use of their basement because emma stone had to build an extra pool in there to have one more than scarjo it does that doesn't matter that doesn't they're, mean they're, that they should be get screwed by disney they're they're buying the mansions next to to, to them right and they're and they're uh, just knocking them down and making and, pool, and putting pools in like yeah. i mean it doesn't matter if that's happening and then disney matter. has a temerity i could not believe when they put out a disney spokesman said i cannot believe who was the crazy maniac who was off their meds when they put out this 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 i cannot even understand vile press release it's a vile press release absolutely thank you there is no merit whatsoever to this filing. The lawsuit is especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Wow. Disney has fully complied with Miss Johansson's contract, and furthermore, the release of Black Widow on Disney Plus with Premier Access has significantly significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the $20 million she has received to date. What an asshole. Wow. Wow. That's your mouse. That's your that, Mickey Mouse there, everybody. A, a, a character that's never said a funny goddamn thing in its fucking life, by the way. Nope. Nope. And nope. Say, go, okay. go back and watch Go back and watch that famous scene in Who Framed Roger Rabbit where you had Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse together. And listen, I'm not saying Bugs was great in, new, in uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy a couple of weeks ago. But Bugs Bunny blows Mickey Mouse off the screen. Mickey Mouse looks small time in that movie. And he comes off as petty and vile in that press release. Mickey Mouse comes off ter- worse than he did when he, they, he was on screen with Bugs Bunny. That's how and bad number, he looked this week. And number one, how dare you, Disney callously use covid as a cover for what you're doing which is building up your streamer and trying to topple netflix which you are taking advantage of this covid you're taking advantage of this as a business to shore yourself up for the future and you know what you have every right to do that because it's a business and businesses don't have a heart they'll make money when other people are suffering, because that's what businesses do. So I understand that. But how dare you then say she is callous. Right. And that she doesn't care. When you're opening your parks, they they were rushing to open their parks and expose yep. people to COVID. Yep. So don't don't give me this shit, Disney. This is ridiculous. Uh, 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 supposedly, Kevin Feige is beside himself upset with what Disney said. Wow. Because this guy's thinking... 
you know, here's somebody who was with us from the beginning, Scarlett Johansson, and and they're calling her this amoral monster. And Disney is playing into uh, in people's hatred of ScarJo. And you know what? Let's not wait uh, 15 or 20 years to say ScarJo got a raw deal here, like we're doing with mm. Britney Spears and mm-hmm. fucking Megan Fox and shit. Let's just understand that what she's doing is she's sticking up for other people below the line and people that aren't going to be able to do something like this, don't have the mouthpiece, don't have the uh, stature to stand up to Disney right, and not right. get steamrolled, okay? Right. They, for other people that don't have a Colin Joes to fall back on if they need to in hard times. Who's, him and his brother are writing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie now. Yeah, yeah. That just broke. But what I'm saying is like, can I not, I don't want to 15 years from now read how she got a raw deal 15 years ago. Okay, because I'm already up to my fucking neck in Britney Spears. Well, uh, you know what those articles in 15 years will have to say is they'll have to say at the time everyone was against her in her battle with Disney, except for the B.O. boys, the only ones who got it right in the moment. So all of those I'll read those articles in 15 years as long as they correctly remember this episode where we called this out as bullshit and said that ScarJo was right in her lawsuit. So then yeah, you cut. could do your 15 years looking back, wringing your hands. She got a raw deal from everyone except the VO boys. And, and Disney needs to cut the shit. Disney needs to yes. cut the shit. Whoever put out this press release mm-hmm. should immediately be fired. It is disgusting. This is a disgusting act. It's a, it's vile. It's, it's vile. vile. Yeah. And and the idea that there's that they're saying that um, them putting this on the streamer is a way of protecting people from COVID. Yeah, we're all for having the option, but they also did put Black Widow out in 3,000 plus movie theaters. The exact amount of theaters they would have put it out in, whether it was on the streamer or not. Exactly. So it's not like they didn't chance the fact that their movie would expose millions and millions of people to COVID. They just gave people who didn't want to go another option. But Black Widow is not a a uh, necessary uh, uh, life resource that people had to go. Exactly. So just by putting it in the movie theater, they were already putting all that risk out there, whatever risk comes with going to a movie theater. They, they, they were not worried about COVID. They put this movie in 3,000-plus movie theaters, The fact that they put it on streaming isn't some kind of uh, CDC, you know, uh, uh, public health act. And I wonder what Bob Iger feels about this because he is no longer in charge. He's checked out. There is a, uh, what's this chump's name that's in charge now? I mean, I don't even know because who gives a shit? He's not famous. Yeah. Disney CEO. He's named in the suit. Bob Chappick. Yeah, okay. I mean, this if I ever saw, if I ever, I'm looking at his picture now. If there was ever a thumb that had eyes, it's Bob Chappick, CEO of Walt Disney. Wow. Wow. Oh my goodness. That's a, it's a thumb in a suit, and I'm saying thumb to not be to not be uh, uh, graphic and gross. I'm I'm saying thumb, but it could be something else that's you know uh, slick and round at the top in a suit. But I'm not going to say that word. I'm going to say yeah. thumb. 
good, good. You got class. Unlike yeah. Disney, you have a little bit of class. So I guess, and I this is, I'm I'm looking this up, and I guess this is the the Rap Pro, a website, uh, the Rap, but it's the Pro version, which I can't access. Supposedly, there's some sort of rift between Iger and Bob Chapek. Mm-hmm. And it led to this ScarJo blunder. So this this guy is shooting, shooting, shooting off when he shouldn't be. Now he's shooting off when he should be shutting up. Yes. And you mentioned Kevin Feige, the head of of Marvel within uh, Disney, and I do think that nowadays the business end of these movie companies are so separate from the creative end in a way that Mm -hmm. they never were before you know like back in the day before movie studios were just like very small subsidiaries of these giant companies you would have a much closer alignment between who runs the studio and who is making all of the decisions at the studio Mm -hmm. which is not the case now because you know Walt Disney films and Marvel films within that is like such a small percentage of whatever Bob Chappick is worrying about at Disney, which is all to say that I don't think the outcome of this lawsuit is going to end up leading towards ScarJo being banned from Disney, which she could survive even if that was the, the case. But I think you could sue these companies because the creative ends, the people who cast these big movies are still going to be separate from whatever business heads that got insulted by this. And also, these business heads, they're going to be gone in two years anyway. Yeah, Chappick's dead man walking. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think... Just this like the a, Warner Brothers guy, the Warner Brothers guy who who paid out two billion dollars to all the to all the talent on HBO Max. That Jason guy's dead Tyler. man walking. Yeah, yeah, he's a dead man walking. So ScarJo is a movie star who I think is going to be around for a long time. Bob Chappick is not going to be around for a long time, and uh, I think this was a a smart move for sure. And like you said, it's a move that I think will help out a lot of people in Hollywood that are not just her. Yes. You know, it's not just for people who own multiple pools and are having pool building battles with other stars. It'll be Mm -hmm. with people who also maybe only have one built in pool or, you know, people who in Hollywood who maybe just have an above ground pool. You know, now we're starting to go down to union lighting guys and stuff but yeah that level of person who just has an above ground pool yeah you can't just let disney cash checks off of hard work right and that goes all the way down it's not just her she's the she's the face of it but it's not just her right so we'll be following this story for sure and i mean the last thing on this story is we didn't have the box office media, and I, I can't fault them because these are people who have no pools. These are, you know, these are people who are, are are using box office analysis to put food on the table for mother and baby. Mm-hmm. But they, we didn't have a lot other than Brandon Gray, founder of the original Box Office Mojo, 
who were looking to join into the possible boycott of Jungle Cruise coverage. But the person who joined us this week in taking on Disney when it came to their Disney Plus Premium Access PVOD practices, it ended up being Scarlett Johansson joining yes. the BO Boys. So that's wow. that's big. So we yeah. had to have her back in this because she joined us in this PVOD fight with Disney. BO Boys on the right side of history always. Yes, yes, for sure. And if we weren't, the tapes will be gone. Mysteriously. Yeah. So let's get to our last thing. We got to talk about next weekend. A huge movie coming out. Wow. Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Oh, my apologies. Suicide the Suicide Squad is the movie that came out in 2016. David Ayer. The Suicide directed. Squad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, same day, HBO Max, day and date. We know, we know, we know by now. All 2021 movies will be that way. Mm-hmm. Box Office Pro forecasting for a three-day again with their their just bold predictions, anywhere from 35 to 60. A 25 million dollar swing. What? That's not a prediction. No. That's no. That that, that if, that's, if weather that's reports were like that. Mm-hmm. People would be getting drenched. Yes, yes. With rain, or, or or if that was the temperature forecast, that yeah. today it's, it's going to be anywhere from sixty-five to ninety degrees. Yeah, or thirty, or even worse, it'd be like thirty-five to eighty. That's just who knows right. what to wear at that point. Right. So that's their that's their prediction. I mean, right off the bat, to me. You th- you think it's low. That is low. What was the high end of their prediction again? 60. Their high end was 60. Oh, I I said at the beginning of the summer when we had the great Jeff Bach of Exhibitor Relations Co. on for our summer movie preview. Mm-hmm. I, and I think Jeff too, but I, I, I think I pegged Suicide Squad as a very possible hundred million dollar opening week opening. We all thought that was possible. And I think I think at that time we thought that we may have had others by this point. I think we both thought F9 and Black Widow also had shots at that, and as we saw, neither of those happened. Yeah. Um Am I still in that boat? Is Sue is there I is Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad, this weekend have a shot at opening at a hundred million dollars, even though it's going to be available on HBO Max day and date? I'm going to say yeah. You think a hundred? I I think people are going so under on this movie. This is let let's look back at Suicide Squad, the David Ayers. Not the David Ayer's cut, I guess, because he's saying that what came out was not his official cut. But the David Ayer's directed Suicide Squad in 2016, August 5th. So basically the same weekend this is coming out. I mean, it was huge. What was it, 140 or something? $133.6 million opening weekend. But that was with? Will Smith. It was with a legitimate giant movie star. 
There's but, nobody that is a giant movie star in this film. No. But another movie to compare this to. Directed by James Gunn. Guardians of the Galaxy came out the same the same first weekend in August in 2014. And that movie opened to 94 million dollars. Now obviously it's Marvel, but so DC. So Marvel, I mean, I think there's a pretty easy comp there. And that movie had no movie stars. Guardians of the Galaxy is Chris Pratt's first time in a big movie. So that's a movie that had a zilch in terms of movie stars. And it opened to $94 million. And the director of that movie, James Gunn, is the director of the Suicide Squad that comes out on Friday. But doesn't this feel like warmed over Guardians? Doesn't it feel like Guardians with less liked characters and and less well-liked stars? But I think you're looking at as warmed over, except the Guardians has not warmed over. You know, people love the Guardians. And we haven't had a Guardians movie in such a long time because the sequel to Guardians of the Galaxy, which James Gunn also wrote and directed, that came out all the way in May of 2017. And that opened at $146 million. And... Because of the 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 split that James Gunn and Disney had for a little bit of time, there was supposed to be a Guardians 3 that would have come out already, and that didn't happen. And you've had the Guardians appear in Infinity War and Endgame to, in really well-liked scenes. But we haven't had a Guardians movie in in four years. So I don't think it's warmed over. I think people are, I want some Guardians stuff. Okay, I love Suicide Squad. Plus, it's got Guardians-esque elements to it. To me, it's a value add. It's not warmed over. I think people are are waiting for it. Now, was the first was was Suicide Squad R-rated? No, it was PG thirteen. This is R-rated. This is R-rated. So that already knocks it down a little bit because that means that kids are going to have to sneak in. Yeah, but you know, or what? have their parents with them. The other, the other comp then to throw out there is Deadpool. Dead, both those Deadpool's are R-rated. They both opened up uh, over a hundred million dollars opening weekend. I mean, so you're high on this film. I, the, I'm really the, high on this movie. From I, the I, trailers, the trailers I have seen, mm-hmm. and we did on our Substack. You can check it out. We did, or we do our trailer tracking. The latest we did was Ghostbusters Afterlife, and boy howdy, check that one out because we'll just say we're not high on that film. No, no. But I did. A, we did a trailer tracking for Suicide Squad, and the Suicide Squad. Sorry, the Suicide Squad, and the trailer was not very good. We we ended up with 88 million as an opening uh, predictor, and I'm going to stick with that. Okay. I, I think it could beat. I think it could possibly beat. Black Widow opened at 80, 
so Black that's Widow. The, that's the number to beat for a domestic opening weekend. This, but I summer. can't see a hundred for this. I can't. I, I just can't. I can't get my head to it. Hopefully, you you were right about last weekend. You've been you've been pretty good. And I've it seen, seems like I've seen a lot of movies and movie theaters. I'm going pretty much every week, and this trailers have been playing a lot. And I've seen this trailer in front of a pretty wide variety of movies the last okay. few weeks. I've seen it played in front of The Green Knight. I've seen it played in front of Roadrunner, the Anthony Bourdain documentary. And it really does well. The laugh lines work. You're right. It's got that Guardians feeling. But again, people love the Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh, I and and so that's working in front of an audience, those two movies that it shouldn't necessarily work in front of. You know, a documentary and an A twenty four, you know, horror fantasy. Anthony and, Bourdain could have oh well oh, well, I mean, he, he has a Deadpool esque uh, thing about him. He's pretty Right. You know, he, a lot of voiceover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a lot of voice. He had a lot of wry voiceover in in his work. Yeah, but I could see him being Star Lord. Yeah, but which is to say, the trailer you may not have liked it, but it's playing pretty well with the movie going public, from what I've seen. And I could imagine that that trailer playing in front of other movies does even better. So you're going a hundred for this. I feel like this is going to be the one to do it. It's in that, it's in the same exact weekend, that first weekend in August, that Suicide Squad opened to over 100, that the original Guardians opened to 94, and the second one, I guess the second Guardians came out in May when it opened to 150. But but it had earned, it, it earned its marquee open the summer type, Placement yes. from yes. Its, its first film. Yeah. And I, I don't... Yeah. And it's got... I mean, it's got Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn in, I think, the way people want to see that character, which is in a big Sporadically. supporting role. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're calling 100. I mean, I don't think it hits 100. I don't think a movie is going to open to 100 until the end of September when Venom Let There Be Carnage opens. I think if this doesn't hit 100, then yeah, that is... that. Then I think Venom is the next one that could possibly do it, and I think Venom is almost a slam doink to do it. Uh, I think it's... Uh, yeah, I would say that's a slam doink, but... It, I want to be wrong. Again, Pat, I right. want to be wrong. Well, I want this to go over 100. That would be great. That would also silence the people who say day and date is so bad. So what do we think then is, you know, going into the weekend, what do we think is the success point for this movie? Because say I am way high on 100. Oh, yeah. Do we think that this movie, you know, because the box office pro quote-unquote estimate had a high of 60 million dollars so if if suicide squad opens the suicide squad that's the one coming out this friday if the suicide squad you did it too opens in the 50s i think that's a disaster 
I think it's bad. I don't think it's good. I think this is a film that needs to open in the F9 yes. Black Widow area. Yes, I agree. I think if it, it lands to between get above those 65. films, it, yeah, if it if it lands between those films, I think it's a solid success. Mm-hmm. But if it goes under those films by a wide margin, I think it is would be a disaster. Yeah, I, I think that 65 and up is going to end up being successful. But if it opens in the 50s, to me, that is a huge, not disaster, I guess, but that, that, that's, that's pretty bad because I, I, I do think this movie, based on its comps, which are, you know, Suicide Squad and the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and Deadpool, sort of. Like, if we were going with those as its comps, which I think we should, then, yeah, this is a movie that should open no lower than $75 million. But remember, Pat, the casual people are not going to the theater. So these superhero movies get a lot of casual fans. They get a lot of hardcore fans too they that are a, a lot that of hardcore beat, fans. Want to beat DC and all that. I mean, I'm sorry. They they want to beat Marvel. The DC heads want to beat beat Marvel and stuff. But I don't know. It is. I understand why Box Office Pro gives such a wide thing. I think 35 is kind of insane. Oh, if this movie opens 35 or 45 million then that is a disaster i mean jungle because that's birds of prey level yes, almost yes. yeah no no the, the, this movie cannot to me open lower than 60 it can't i think their high end to me is what should be the low end of, of what this movie opens up at I mean, I'm going to stick to what the trailer tracking was. I'm going to say 88, which I still think is maybe a bit high. I mean, if this movie opens at 88, let's be honest. If this movie opens at 88, that's huge because it it's will have success. been blown away F9 and finish higher than Black Widow. Yeah. I mean, basically what we have here is this is the opening weekend that will... Tell us which movie had the biggest opening weekend of the summer. Because nothing passed Suicide Squad in August. The Suicide Squad. Nothing passed The Suicide Squad has a chance to open bigger than Black Widow or F9. This is the last one that could could take that ground. Mm -hmm. Until we get to the fall. Which, luckily... The fall looks like another summer movie season. And if anything, the, the fall releases are a more proper summer movie season. Yes, I could see some Baffa Bobo in the fall. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we got we got to cut out. What what is uh, what is your top five then? I mean, Suicide Squad slam doink number one. Yeah. There's I mean, no way at- in hell it's not. I think it's going to be a pretty straightforward top five. I, I mean, sui- the Suicide Squad is going to be number one. Jungle mm-hmm. Cruise is going to be number two. Slam Doink. Old is going to be number three. I think Old is going to continue to hold. Uh, honestly, old will that, hold. Old will hold. That should be in their next commercial is, you know, the, the, the old uh, uh, fades up, you know, white letters on black. And then a little H in parentheses fades up in front of old. Mm. You know, something for the box office heads. Little... Nice. So I think old is number three. 
I do think Green Knight is going to have a, a decent drop because it's not really a mainstream movie, and I don't think the word of mouth on that is going to be great. So no. I think then your number four movie is going to be Black Widow. And I guess then at that point, it will be... Because nothing else is coming out this weekend. I'm going to say Green Knight even falls below Stillwater. I so you're going to put Still, Stillwater staying hard at five. I think Stillwater stays at five. Green Knight falls out of the top five. I, I do think the word of mouth on that movie will not be great. Great. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Of course, Suicide Squad number one, Slam Doink. Jungle Cruise number two, Slam Doink. Then I'm gonna say Black Widow, and the reason I'm gonna say that is because Black Widow made six point four mil. And so it was very close mm-hmm. to be a number two. Mm-hmm. I could see that. And I think you're going to get some people saying, I stand with ScarJo. I'm going to go out and see this movie in the theater. I stand with ScarJo. Right. You're going to have the Marvel heads wanting to go up against the Suicide Squad DC headers. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Black Widow is going to be number three. I could see that. ScarJo brought a lot of late buzz to that movie with a lawsuit. So that that's actually good publicity for the movie this weekend. And then I'm going to say old. Mm-hmm. Which I think will still have a good hold. It's just not, you know, it's it's just not going to be, uh, it's not going to stay where it was. Mm-hmm. And then I agree. I think Green Knight bounces out of the top five. And I think Stillwater does does what its name does which is stagnate stay still stagnate in a positive way stay at number five yeah not all stagnation is bad true so i think we did it if you want to let us know what your prediction is for the suicide squad movie coming out this weekend do you think this will be our first triple digit opening weekend since the great box office reset Will the Suicide Squad hit 100 million? Email us your thoughts at theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing your predictions. We'll, we'll read them on air if we remember. But just know that if you email us at theboboyspodcast at gmail.com, the B.O. Boys will read your words. That's huge. Absolutely. Check out our Substack. Subscribe. We're going to... Have a bunch of fun stuff up there. There's already a bunch of things up there. So just we write them, you read them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything left to say, Pat, except for until next time. We'll, we'll smell you at the box, box office. office. Nailed, Nailed it. it.